Women have always been a force for peace, but their contributions have mostly remained unrecognized and unsupported. The UN Security Council Resolution 1325 on Women, Peace and Security set out to change that. Nearly 20 years after its adoption, where are we now? What is the future of Women, Peace and Security? Hello and welcome to another episode of GNWP Talks 1325. My name is Shivi Thakur and I'm a research and advocacy intern for the Global Network of Women Peacebuilders. My name is Eliza Becker-Rinley and I'm a peacebuilding communications intern for the Global Network of Women Peacebuilders. First of all, we would like to wish all of you a very happy International Youth Day. There are currently 1.8 billion young people between the ages of 10 and 24 in the world, but limited space for political and civic participation have led to increasing isolation of youth in societies. International Youth Day is the annual celebration of the role of young people as essential partners in change. To celebrate, we are lucky enough to be joined by three incredible young women from the Philippines. Sophia, Bianca, and Lynn Rose, who have all been members of GNWP's Young Women for Peace and Leadership program since its creation in the Philippines in early 2018. And each of these women have gone on to be involved with countless other youth and young women's initiatives regarding peace, security, and UN sustainable development goals. Welcome, ladies. We can't wait to talk to you about your work empowering young women and girls in your communities and beyond. To start us off, we are hoping you could each tell us briefly how you became part of the Young Women for Peace and Leadership program and give us one of your favorite YWPL memories. Okay. Hello, I'm Lynn Rose Jane DeHannon. I am from from the Philippines and I'm from I'm living in Iligan City. So I started being part of Young Women Plus for Peace and Leadership in the Philippines um, because I started an, in, an initiative, a, a program um, in Iligan City, uh, which is Project Yakap. It's uh, youth amplifying, co-creating, and advocating for peace. In our language, yakap means hug. So Aww. it's like a cool branding for peace building. Mm-hmm. So, um, which means that if you are at peace with oneself and with other people, you can hug them. Mm-hmm. So Project Yakap is a five-month leadership program for um, young people in Iligan City, Marawi, Lano del Norte, and Lano del Sur. Um, we conceptualize it after um, the Marawi siege um, because we were frustrated of what, hap- what happened and we thought of creating an initiative that could bring together young people and, and, and do something to, to help um, rebuild Marawi, not, not just, you know, not in just in the infrastructure but the social structure of the community so what we did is that we trained 30 young leaders at first and after that they have small grants to implement peace projects in their own community so it started as that and it grows as a Mm -hmm. bigger community after five to six months Mm -hmm. and i at present we already have like 300 young people involved in in project yakup so i started with that and (laughs) uh, i got an invitation um to join this network which is in line with my advocacy our advocacy and I think is very, very timely as well in, in Mindanao. It provides a space for us to, to, to be connected with fellow 
women, young women, and fellow peace builders mm-hmm. to learn from each other and share our experiences. And I think it, one thing that I really like with Young Women Plus for Peace and Leadership is that it gives me a family, a support system with the things that I do. Because sometimes when you're working on the ground, you feel like you're alone. And there are times that you feel like uh, there's no point in the, in the things that you do. Mm-hmm. And so that community inspires me to, to, to do more and that community also provided more resources not fi- not just financial resources but you know like technical resources uh, that could could help amplify the works that we do that's really cool I had no yeah, idea I did not know that's how actually like, that's how you got involved and I've now looked up the Facebook page oh yeah that's because I would like to learn more yes so do you um do you still do work like does Product Jakob and the Young Women Plus for Peace and Leadership do things together? Whatever. Um, not directly, but uh, because like for example, the, the leadership program is already done. So mm-hmm. it's like a like five month, right. and they've you know tra- do training mm-hmm. and they implement projects, and we bring them back together, learn from each mm-hmm. other's experiences. So at this point, mm-hmm. we are learning from right. from the first run and trying to improve it and. Um, and uh, look for 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 op- opportunities that we can do a second mm-hmm. run, but it is an informal network, like what I said. Mm-hmm. So, like each groups, the groups of young people, mm-hmm. uh, they are continuing their initiatives in their own communities, mm-hmm. and 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 the projects that they propose to us, some got a grant f- for somewhere mm-hmm. else. So, so it's more like of a community right. also that's uh, a network yeah, yeah. that supports each other. So it's not an. Um, like an organization well I like the shirts too <laughs> yeah it's, it's actually it's 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 um, hand painted wow. really yeah, individual no shirt is the same so it was oh, a that's young wow. so nice. yeah. they're and really cool I told uh, she's the sister of one of our colleagues one of the project team members and uh, that, that is her vision of Jakob as you may see that this from conflict you emerge Oh right and damn. into into peace building. So this is from from the narratives of being a victim to a narrative of being that an is agent. So nice. And so no shirt is the same because the way we you know like our stories are different, but we can still come mm-hmm. together and uh, and yeah yeah. So it's individual hand painted. That's so cool. So cool. I'm learning so much. <laughs> That's awesome. And Bianca, what about you? I became part of the YWPL through well my network and connection with Sophia, the coordinator in the Philippines, since we work in the same office. And um, GNWP has been very active also in our office, so that's how I got into YWPL. And my best memory would definitely be organizing our community youth discussion because we were um, our project talked uh, our participants were uh, lesbian, bisexual, and trans men, trans women mm-hmm. in the Philippines. So that was like the wow. plus aspect of Boy WPL oh. in the Philippines. It's really so nice cool. engaging them and it was really a good perspective to see how elections affected them personally. Mm-hmm. Like with all the um, quality issues and all of that. So mm-hmm. that's like one of my best memories. What about you, Sophia? Hi everyone. I actually saw the beginnings of Young Women for Peace and Leadership here in the Philippines 
formerly known as Girl Ambassadors for Peace, I was part of the organizing team of the Youth Training on Women, Peace, and Security and its intersection with human rights in the media that was held at Miram College, Quezon City, last February 2018. This training was where the YWPL network here in the Philippines was created. This was actually my first big event as project officer at the Center for Peace Education, Miriam College, and eventually as local coordinator of the YWPL network here in our country. I actually have two favorite YWPL memories. One is a training last year, and one is a training for this year's new members on good governance, the Bangsamoro Organic Law, and Charter Change. Both are my favorites because I get to meet new, young, innovative, and woke youth, and that the diversity of our experiences widened my perspective on the importance of youth's meaningful participation in addressing society's pressing problems. This question is for you, Bianca. We'd love to hear about your experiences participating in the high-level political forum in July and your perspective as a young person attending this type of global advocacy space. How do you think youth representation was at these events? And do you find it challenging to take up space on these stages that are typically dominated by older adults, especially since youth, mainly young women, are often not even at the decision-making table in the first place? Um, for the high-level political forum, I think it's very exciting for young people to be attending this. And I think it's very important that our perspectives are included because um, the youth make up such a huge population in the world and um, to not hear their voice and not even include them it's very um, it's for me it's really like it's totally a waste of time for them if for, to just keep talking without including the youth <laughs> personally that's my um, that's my perspective and um I think it's, yes, it's a challenge because ageism exists, but it's not an insurmountable challenge. And it's also a way to continually prove ourselves to everyone that, you know, the youth actually know what they're talking about mm -hmm. and we actually care about these issues very sincerely. And I think there's like a whole new in innovative perspective to it when you include the youth. Because again, they're seeing these issues um, with fresh eyes and these are like people who are born in the time of technology so there's so much we can do so I guess it's very good that they're including young people and young women at that because uh, issues of the young women in this generation are also quite different from the issues of the women of before so how example how technology would play into sexual violence and all of that only young people could be, mm -hmm. could have the first hand experience and share it so mm -hmm. yeah that's it mm -hmm. thank you, thank you. <laughs> um let's i'm just wondering have you noticed any added challenges to being a woman in this field? Like you said, the challenges to being youth, but obviously the women bring a different perspective. Um, well, personally, I think the challenge of being in a field, like in the development field, is always the legitimacy of a woman. Mm -hmm. It's always like, because I used to have a supervisor, and she's like a humanitarian worker, and when she would go down to the ground, and they would see, oh, you're a woman. You know, it's, mm -hmm. it's still like, you're not a man. So... I think your level of, I don't want to say knowledge, but like, yeah, I, I think really it's the legitimacy. It's like, you won't compare uh, as to your male colleague, which I don't understand why. Because if you know, if you're from the same educational background, and of course you wouldn't be in that position if you weren't also eligible to be in that right. position. Mm -hmm. So I think that's one challenge. It's there's still that. 
that um, perception. And I guess it's also being on your guard all the time because mm-hmm. you're very vulnerable to being sexually harassed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, example, if you want to negotiate, when do you draw the line where you still keep negotiating for the sake of having an output? Or when, when do you stop when you feel uncomfortable and things like that? So it's, it's also a safety issue. So I guess those are the challenges. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. All right, this one's for you, Sophia. You've been part of many initiatives for young women in the Philippines and beyond, and we really commend your hard work. It's always exciting to see our own YWPL members branching out and engaging with other audience to educate them about the importance of young women's education and empowerment. So drawing on your overarching experience, could you please speak to the synergies between youth-led work through the YWPL Young Women for Peace and Leadership program in the Philippines and the youth network in other regions? So in terms of synergies between youth-led work through the Young Women for Peace and Leadership program in the Philippines and the youth-led work in other regions, it provides platforms for youth to engage in different initiatives and from these, being able to create their own initiatives. It also gives them um, opportunities to raise awareness on different issues, at the same time challenging their audience to really do something about it. After doing lectures or workshops, the challenge now is how their members or how the people whom they have interacted with can apply all these learnings into something practical and for the benefit of their community. Thirdly is that on attitudes and perceptions, the youth whom I have interacted with um, within or from different provinces or regions are really interested in, in addressing the issues of society, but sometimes what's hindering them is the fact that there are no opportunities or they are not aware that they can create the opportunities for them. Um, fourthly is that there are many ways to carry out our goals in building a culture of peace and a just and humane society, whether through nonviolent actions such as peaceful assemblies to community youth discussions to volunteering during important events such as elections. And lastly, the synergies between the youth-led work um, through the YWPL and other networks and other works in the regions is that all advocate for principles on women, youth, peace and security, good governance, and the like. So it um, does not just have an impact to those creating these initiatives, but also to the to others or helping improve the lives of others. And last, but certainly not least, we have a question for you, Lynn Rose. You recently wrote an article that's up on the GNWP website about the Sustainable Development Goal 16 by 16 initiative in which you participated. We'd love if you could share a bit about your experience there and how you bring home the global initiative for the youth-led implementation of the SDG 16, Peace, Justice, and Strong Institutions. Also, I want to pose the same question we asked Bianca earlier. How do you guys find ways to take up space at the table and make your voices heard as a young person advocating for global, regional, national, and local implementation of the SDGs? Earlier I was sharing about our individual initiative in our local community and then we get connected to a national network which is Young Women Plus for Peace and Mm -hmm. Leadership and it was Young Women Plus who actually connected me to 16 by 16 initiative. Mm-hmm. So it's like from local to national and to, to more global right. um, uh, initiative. So I, I emphasize that because, you know, like uh, um, like these networks 
actually gave us a platform to 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 a global platform mm-hmm. for our stories to be heard right. and uh, for uh, to amplify you know like the things uh, that we do on the ground so 16 by 16 initiative is a uh, is supported by the youth global of UNDP Youth Global Program, so um, mm-hmm. it's it brings together 16 um, young peace builders across the world. So these are front uh, working mm-hmm. like in the front lines right, of implementing right. SDG 16, uh, from capacitating young people to to education to to youth activism mm-hmm. to human rights. So I'm I'm one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the 16 by 16. Um, one of the participants so uh, we started we participated in the preparatory conference in rome where we drafted uh the rome youth call to action mm-hmm. which actually articulates uh like what we what uh, to, to advance sdg 16 we need to involve youth and it is a non-negotiable right. uh when it's when you say in an involvement it, it has to be meaningful participation and in that youth and that rome youth call to action we actually articulated what do we mean by meaningful participation mm-hmm. and I would just like to 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 highlight at some points that you know that our the call to action also recognizes that when you talk about youth it's not a homogeneous group so when age intersects with gender young women for example to be specific they have different needs mm-hmm. and they are and differently affected by, by by the social conditions in the community, especially mm-hmm. in Mindanao, for example, it's a conflict affected area. Mm-hmm. So we, in the call to action, we include that we, for, to advance SDG 16, we need to empower young women and mainstream gender sensitivity in peace building policies and programs. So we mean that you know, like we have to capacitate mm-hmm. young peace builders as well mm-hmm. on how to mainstream gender yeah. in the works that they mm-hmm. do. And um, another thing that is very, very important also for for Young Women Plus is that there's a need to offer pathways for young people, including young women, mm-hmm. to identify relevant strategic priorities, policies, and programmatic approaches to uh, disarmament and reintegration, which is actually um, important in the context mm-hmm. of, of, of Mindanao. So those are just some of the sections that actually mentioned young women, but generally the Rome youth um, call to action is um, urging mm-hmm. governments and, and different stakeholders um, to involve youth from mm-hmm. f- from all levels, mm-hmm. uh, uh, in all levels, uh, in, in the implementation of SDG 16. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really interesting that you were talking about how the, the different levels of intersections of parts of your identity, and so when you do youth and gender, how that's something that like 16 young peace builders came together and created a codified set of here's how we think you have to think about it because when we were talking to Bianca she was saying that at one point she'd been in a meeting and there it was an old man he was the chief of police or something and he made some kind of not great comments to her mm-hmm. about just like some sexist comments and she was saying she didn't really know what to do because you know you have to work with this person they're still right. like they have power you need to mm-hmm. be able to negotiate with them yeah. But and if they don't see you on a professional mm-hmm. level, and it's like so, it's so hard. Mm-hmm. And it's so hard because like at that age and that generation, they have a totally different. Not that it's okay, but like a totally different set of like norms. And so now that you have young people, like if you mainstream it from such a young age that like it's not okay to treat women in the workplace like this, or here's how we're going to like behave with all genders having equality, say in peace and in discussions and negotiations, starting 
with young people by the time we're in positions of power and are holding these like positions where you can make big decisions hopefully people will have grown up in a culture where it's not okay to act like that like sure i mean in the philippines for example i believe that we should start with you know like start when talk about empowering women Mm -hmm. changing mindset is is very very important because Mm -hmm. if you live in a patriarchal society and you are made to believe that it's okay to do that and you know like when when um you are in that situation you you would opt to be silent because Mm -hmm. you are you were raised in in a community that believes that uh, that so um having a voice and you know like having the courage to 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 say that it's not okay um is sometimes in in most of our communities is is the the, you don't want to talk about the empowerment but should start Mm -hmm. with that yeah definitely that's really cool that you guys have actually been working towards it i'm happy to happy to hear that people are actually working towards that and then i talked about this with bianca also but the fact that you guys are young people who are often not taken as seriously how do you uh, take up space at the table or how do you guys be taken seriously or make your voices heard in like peace negotiations and foreign security people don't usually expect youth to be part of that so how do you make sure people listen to what you guys have been doing I think it's effective like first be visible mm-hmm. okay. so um, if they do not give you the space in your first attempt do not stop mm-hmm. and I think that's what, that's uh, one thing that young women who are activists on the ground um, should also do and and um, I think um, doing actual work on the ground mm-hmm. actually will speak for yourself yeah. right. and uh, when you have some because we did not like start with saying that Hi, I'm Dean Rose. I am a young uh, and peace advocate. And so it was Jakob first before mm-hmm. me. And I think that's very, very important because uh, emphasis on the work that you do mm-hmm. um, actually creates credibility mm-hmm. and, dem- and you know, like it, it becomes your ticket yeah. to demand your right mm-hmm. um, of, of the space because uh, it's not a privilege, you mm-hmm. know, like I have to, to really reiterate that young people to be on the table is a right. Right. right, and we just need to remind those who are already on the table mm-hmm. that there has to be a space for young people. And mm-hmm. I think if you're doing an initiative in the community, that's a really good start because mm-hmm. they cannot deny that, and they yeah. cannot um, invalidate that reality. And 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 similar with with, with the young women that I'm part of, like um, whenever we gather and you know like talk among each other. Mm-hmm. It's usually the works that we do mm-hmm. actually is demanding mm-hmm. a space to be heard because mm-hmm. the works that we do could actually inform um, in policy. And then another thing is being visible, like um, doing actual work on the ground mm-hmm. to speak for yourself. And, and I think third is having a network is also mm-hmm. very powerful uh, because it's no longer a single voice. It's mm-hmm. a collective voice. Mm-hmm. So once mm-hmm. it's collective, um, it gets more power mm-hmm. and it gets more amplified and it puts pressure, more yeah. pressure on people. The power in numbers. And, and the power in numbers, for sure. Yeah. So, so, and and also the fact that your story is validated by mm-hmm. several um, young people right. in different communities, and that it also that 
also is a good leverage for mm-hmm. you um, to, to have a space on the table. And Young Women Plus for Peace and Leadership has given us that platform. And 16 by 16, for example, has given us a, that platform. Because when you go, for example, to Security Council, when you go to the high-level political forum, you don't introduce yourself as an individual from the Philippines. Mm-hmm. You start with from what network you are mm-hmm. in. So you are a part of a bigger group, of a bigger mm-hmm. network. Mm-hmm. And that in itself... Um, creates you know like uh, makes your story mm-hmm. more credible credible not saying that it's not credible but it gives yeah. more power and um right. yeah supports you in in in, in demanding for a space mm-hmm. that was great thank you yeah. uh, more more young people need to i guess get involved that's definitely the more like the first step get involved in the group because sure make a great point you and everything we've gone to, someone's like, I'm part of this group, here's who I represent. Because when you're at these big tables, it's not about what's going to make each, in- or shouldn't be about what's going to make each individual person happy. It's what's going to make life better for the people I'm here on behalf of. Yes. So when you're part of these like three really important groups, you're representing so many different mm-hmm. young people, young True. women, and bringing them all together. Yeah, and when you uh, you you have a seat on the table, it's not just you. You know, like when you sit there, you are representing a bigger community with you. The whole team is sitting. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not about <laughs> you per se, you know, individually. <laughs> it's it's about a community that mm-hmm. you are part of, mm-hmm. and it's also it's a privilege for you to be speaking for them and ab- about them, and it's also crucial that if you are a young person on the table, you need to represent the voice mm-hmm. like. Uh, faithfully and make sure that every voice of the community that you're bringing with you um, must be heard so mm-hmm. that it's a both privilege and uh, mm-hmm. and a responsibility at yeah. the same time mm-hmm. like spider-man right with great power comes great responsibility sure <laughs> sure that's true mm-hmm. We unfortunately have to wrap up now, but we'd like to extend a tremendous thank you to Sophia, Bianca, and Lynn Rose for their tireless efforts advocating for young women's participation in peace and security through our YWPL program. And of course, for coming to speak with us about it. We love highlighting the amazing work of our YWPL members in the Philippines and hearing about the incredible opportunities they've been afforded and the amazing work they continue to do. In the spirit of today's podcast, we would like to once again wish all of you a very happy International Youth Day. Clearly, young people around the world are doing invaluable work towards creating a more inclusive and peaceful world, and we at GNWP are proud to support them. See you next time!